Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Born in Trouble. In and out the frame, out your flame, I'll make it brighter, douse insane. Hey, 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 About what's going on? What's good? Welcome to the special Tuesday talk. I'm your host, John X. Bringing you the real. And here we are on a Tuesday afternoon. Well, it's not actually Tuesday. You know, we, I, I don't. I just put the recording out on Tuesday, but it's a nice Friday afternoon with my man Khalil. Khalil from Green Aura. Khalil, Khalil how you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing good. I appreciate you for having me on Born in Trouble today on this beautiful Friday. It's beautiful. Um, that's the ir- irony is we're going to talk about some rule breaking. And uh, we're, start, we're, we're starting off on the right foot, aren't we? We're doing what we want. That's right. Doing what we want. Just to get what, getting what we want to get, you know? So, you know, so Khalil, tell our audience about yourself. So I know you're calling us from Chi-Town or Illinois, somewhere around that area, part of the, part of the country. Yeah, we're, we're right in Chicago, man, in the middle of the heartbeat of the Midwest. And, um... I'm from I'm from Michigan though, so it wouldn't be right to just put Chicago on the map. Because more importantly, we're from Green Aura. is kind of like global, international, the concept of it. But the heartbeat is, is between Chicago and Kalamazoo, Michigan. That's so, what's it. Um, we're essentially black-owned company and. Uh, well, we'll get into the details later. Yeah, what's up with you brothers from Michigan, man? Y'all are, you know, always forward thinking. My boy, my boy who's normally on the show, Grant, he um, actually has City Wings up in Detroit, Michigan, right down the block from Motown. And I'm always getting on him about, you know, making them Amish wings and everything. But you know, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of yeah, activity there. What is it about that area that makes y'all a little bit more uh, progressive as far as, like, you know, culturally is concerned? Um, or is it- I think, I think there's a lot of space to think in, uh, Michigan, but so it's between two really big cities, right? It's between Chicago or, you know, it's between, or it's a part of Chicago. Let me, let me put this on do not serve. Give me one second. No Sorry guys. No problem. Or else my phone's going to buzz like crazy. Please. They, I get phone calls all the time during the show. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so what I was saying is, um, like, we're right between Chicago, obviously, and Detroit is, you know, east. So um, you have, like, tons of culture crisscrossing across the plains of Michigan. Okay. And you have tons of space to think because it's still a slower state. Right. You know? And I think with people coming from New York, L.A., for all these business conventions, and then we have our own organic culture. You get a lot of stuff that's dropped off, and then it gets the time to permeate in the minds of the people because there's, you know, the woods. You can go meditate and walk and tons of different stuff like that. That's what's up. There's a lot of black-owned farms in those areas or people, you know? Um, At a point in time, actually, in point in time, um, it was up, like, near Traverse City and also near Marshall, Michigan, Uh the Underground Railroad really led to, like, this area called Battle Creek, Marshall, mm-hmm. where W. Du Bois and Tubman, they all actually had land out there. So black, black farms were a big part of the culture, but unfortunately due to a lot of the redlining and tons of other things that happened between the 18s and the 1900s, even to the 2000s, we were dispossessed or displaced from our land. Mm-hmm. It's a story that's all too often in the United States. They've always been united against You already thing. know. Yeah, we already know. It's like the red line. So, you know, but you've got a great historical background there with your, with your family and your people settling in that area and in that region. My family, personally, we come from a town in North Carolina. It was the first incorporated black town in North Carolina, which is Princeville. I'm proud of that heritage, and it's it's great to have like minds. So, what do you do now? You're a botanist. You're a chemical engineer. What is it that you do? What do you consider yourself? I mean, I really consider myself a uh, public intellectual, a entrepreneur, and um, uh, engineer. Like specifically in terms of engineers that I'm interested in is like a sustainable engineer. Um, my education is in chemical engineering, specifically like, like life science chemical engineering. So technically I should be some sort of pharmacist or, um, yeah, like some sort of, not pharmacist, but someone creating pharmaceuticals. Right. But I decided to, uh, well, actually on my education at Western Michigan University, all my professors that had worked in um, for Pfizer specifically, yeah. They they never took medicine themselves. They took honey and herbs. And so though we were getting this education, um, as I was working in labs, doing homework, and going into office hours with these men who had established wonderful careers, I realized that they also still didn't take the medicine that a lot of them made. Wow, so, that's crazy. Yeah, there's, there's something there, right? So. We're just unpacking and, you know, trying to see what they didn't want to say. Yeah. You know, it's crazy that you would say that and that they actually do that. I know um, there's a lot of doctors or a couple of doctors that I know that are a little bit more open to holistic types of um, ways of life. And they eat a lot of dates and nuts and fruits and things like that. Um, they don't really get so much into the medications. Medications are a Western thing that we are really, um, I guess, bound by at this point. A lot of people are bound by. Personally, I've been the type of person that I don't even want to take Tylenol. 
I've never been I've never been down with yeah. it whatsoever. Yeah. I'd rather go through the pain and let my body heal. And a lot of people, I don't expect anyone to take that path. That's a unique thought process. But um, with what you do with the with the plants and everything, it's like someone um also referred to me like you have a whole you basically spent four years in college learning all of these things. And was there any graduate studies involved in that or afterwards or it's just the four years? No, nah, like I, actually it took me longer than four years. It took me about five and a half years for school and um, maybe six. Um, and that's kind of like a traditional, most engineers, unless you have like a really decorated high school, you're likely going to take an extra year, if not a little bit more. Um, but I didn't No, I didn't choose grad school. But one of the things that I was big on and I'm big on for all people who are trying to understand how to navigate college um, and, and like obtain, you know, this unique tailored education is, you know, go to as many conferences as you can and become friends with your professor instead of simply uh, like a transactional student to professor relationships. So I spent like, I made it a goal to like, whether it's between politics or science, anything that was free or not too expensive that was about topics that I was interested in, uh, I made sure I went to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That reminds me of that line in that movie um, with um, Ben Affleck and uh, what is it, the one when he's in Boston. And he, Goodwill. Uh, Goodwill, exactly. Goodwill, honey. And he tells the guy, he said, you know, I just embarrassed you. You spent like $50,000 a year on an education you could have got for free at um, the public the library, library with the library card. So, but the, yeah. Um, yeah, but the reason why I brought that up is because I found out something interesting. You've actually studied these things. You study chemical compounds and how they react with people and, you know, interact within the bloodstream and things of that nature. And I found out just the other day that the average physician, their, their total amount of time that they study like nutrition is actually one semester. Six years of college to learn to be a doctor, but they only learn nutrition about what actually goes and feeds and fuels the body one right. semester. And right. I, I think that's like very telling. And someone like yourself, you know, who's actually trying to make a, who's actually, you're, you're not trying to make a career out of this. You're making a career out of this. You're making moves within this business. That's how I met you, is because you are right. actually someone of substance already at this point. And to see that, CBD, CBGs, where does that where does that actually fall into the into the whole pie, into the mix? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you know, when you think about CBD, like, you know, I'm a Muslim American, I'm Muslim, uh, and so like hemp and marijuana are often put into the same uh, category, box. right? Yeah, category, and. Um, you know, it's important to like, you know, it's important to really investigate things so you can unpack and help your community. You know what I'm saying? Because there could be an answer lying in the thing that you might, it might've been like generalized as being wrong. So I got into hemp more so, I, I got into hemp thinking about paper, like using the fibers of hemp to make paper because I was in the paper industry before building buildings, the concept of hempcrete. And then um, CBD and this whole consumption of it was last. 
believe it or not. Mm. And um, I really started to understand that THC is what causes more of the psychoactive things that people can have problems with. But the CBD compound was more versatile than probably anything we have on market that's coming out of a lab. Yet, um, so not only is it versatile, it's not a wrecking ball to your system. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's actual, it's an actual answer to, um, you know, depression, anxiety, uh, they're saying now COVID, but I don't, I'm not going to go into that because that's yeah. not, that's not my domain. Um, but so, I saw that article yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it come out and. I, I just don't have knowledge, so I'm not going to comment on it. But CBD, essentially, like, I, I decided, like, because I've been a high-strung dude for a very long, long time, okay. and I started taking the CBD, not every day, you know, but I started taking full-spectrum CBD and uh, at the end of my days, and I was able to be more available at home. You know, I was able to, yeah, I was more present, and everyone kind of benefited from that. And um, until we refigure out how to work labor, like this right. nine to five culture, eighty hour week culture, whatever it is, we gotta find uh, healthy, healthy uh, plants that can help us get through it. Right. And I found CBD to be one, and so from there I just decided to do karate with it. <laughs> That's what's up. See, I like that do karate. A lot of people don't understand, especially like. Um especially with this field that we're moving into now that we're in now in the space that we're in, they don't understand the difference between um, THC and the CBD and the CBG, for example, which are the CBDs and the CBGs are being um, synthesized to go into your body to help with pain, to help with anxiety, to help you with concentration. And these things don't necessarily give you that kick that a THC product is going to get because there's been no history. And, you know, you mentioned the fact that you got into hemp because of you were in the paper industry. And what most people don't realize is that hemp at one point was the prevailing crop in the United States of America. It was only stopped because of most things, the same reasons why most things are stopped in this country, and that's for economic benefit of a corporation. And at this point, it was an individual who wanted these crops to stop being made because they are so sustainable and because they are so easy and cheap to grow. So, yeah, no, like going exactly what you're saying, you know, when we cut a tree down, like, like you got companies, I can't say their name or maybe I can, but there's no point in kind of packing, but there's paper companies. You know, that their whole thing is we cut trees down and we do replant them. They do replant them, right? So, they, but they cut trees down. But it takes so much water. It takes so much time to get these trees to come back so they can just cut them down again. And uh, with hemp, it's far quicker and you don't have to replant anything. Nothing. You know, you cut it down. It's a weed. That's what they call it, weed or whatever, right? So it comes right back up. It takes significantly less water. And the fiber in it is uh, pretty good, too. You know, it's competitive to that of, like, a pine tree or hardwood, softwood, that whole concept. Right. So, yeah, like, going, yeah. There's many, there, are many, there are many different uses, uses for it. 
You know, I said that like a New Yorker. I said, use us. Yeah. <laughs> Very different uses for that. But yeah, I mean, um, people need to really get on these. But we're in a we're in a society like you mentioned that a lot of your professors were working with uh, Pfizer. Was it at the point in yeah. time? So yeah. Well. On one hand, they're they understand what they're doing with Pfizer, as far as feeding people whatever they're doing because that's what we do for money. But they want and put it into their own bodies. Right. So, this is kind of what goes along. This is kind of like the um, dichotomy of what most people do. We will accept we accept certain things to be true because we have to financially. It's yeah, the, and I think that's like what we're trying to. That's that's what I'm trying to come with. I mean, that's what my religion tries to come with as well. And I'm just a reflection of my own experiences and the things that I've taken on as personal philosophy is to just kind of bring reality to a place where reality should be, right? People want to people wanna be healthy, um, and whether their minds want to or not, their body does. It's about, you know, there's the preservation of life. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We want to live with strong family dynamics. We want to have dignity in our work, and we want to be in a place where we know our children and our loved ones uh, have a future in our space, mm-hmm. and by bringing products and bringing uh, business models that can get us out of the fictitious setting that we're in now, you know, I think we have a better shot than just standing in line with picket fences, even though that's a part of the thing as well, you know. You said fictitious. That's like a very interesting um, way of perception of way of looking at things because really it's really is all about your perception and how you look at things, what you choose to accept and what dynamics you accept as being reality or not. I always say that uh, the Kobayashi Maru is like is, has been something that I've I've always like you know bitten into because if you don't like your circumstance, get out there and change your circumstance and. Yeah, absolutely. This is what makes you, Khalil, like, you know, such an interesting person and such a great guy because you're not just doing this in one thing. You're not just focused on um, THC, hemp, CBD. And as a matter of fact, you've expressed to me that that's not even really the focus of what you're doing or what your goal is or what you would like your company to eventually be. No, it's not. No. I mean, like, so... My whole goal is to look at nature, get us back to nature, whether it's through plants or through innovation. So, like, the, so like, take drinking green tea. I mean, that gets you back to nature, but also building buildings similar to how, um, for instance, a honeybee will construct a honeycomb and have no need for an air conditioner unit, you know, like biomimicry, right? How do we look at what the other animals are doing in these environments with these circumstances and realize that they have a high level of intellect too and and ingenuity and, you know, we just kind of copy that with our own technology versus making like weird perverted and I'm not talking that in a sexual way, but weird perverted things that don't really 
solve our actual problem, at least not for the long term. Well, problem solving and finances, they don't always go hand in hand, and that's probably the biggest part of the problem. Like, I've been a realtor, I've been in real estate, and I've been a mortgage banker, you know, um, starting back. So that's probably, like, the majority of the past 16 years of my life. And I've always said it always dumbfounded me once I found out about geothermal. Why don't more people put geothermal into their homes? And I remember I was actually working like I I was working on a week on a weekend um, doing a moving job and we moved this lady into a into a mansion. It was like a beautiful mansion. It was like she had just built it elevator in the house, whole nine yards. And, you know, I was like, yeah, this is a nice build. I was like, you know. Too bad you didn't put geothermal in there. And she was like, excuse me. She told my boy, she said, hold on, I'm going to take him with me for a second. She took me downstairs and she showed me the geothermal mm. unit. And she was like, I've thought of everything. And she was like, you know, and then we started talking about wellness and and nature and things of that nature and everything. So, and it was, it ended up being a very good conversation, interesting conversation. So I was like, I'd like to see that, but I don't understand why geothermal is not a part of every new build in the United States of America. Cause if you want to cut, cut down on your heating costs, you know, the heat is right underneath your feet. So yeah. if you infrastructure, it- infrastructure in the United States is the thing that's, um, uh, we're behind now at this point, right? We've chose short term profit versus long time success. And that's why we're seeing nations nations pass us already, like uh, you know China. I mean, these this is a group. This is a group that's to say we're in it for the long haul, and we're willing to, you know, we're willing to invest that way versus how we're investing, right? Like right now, you know, we just started a new business, and that's a whole another conversation. Well, it's a part of the conversation, yes. but we in Michigan we still have uh, lead in the water. Mm. Yeah. Right. So this goes. You know, you're talking about geothermal, and it's like <laughs> oh, you're talking about geothermal, and we're talking about let's get lead right. out of the out of the road. Right. You know. Right. Right. Out of the water. It's like that, <laughs> so, that, that, that that like chasm is like huge. How do you actually close oh, that gap in mindsets? That people, you, people. Yeah, that you can get people to the understanding where it's not just one. It's not just one thing. It's a lot of different pieces. And even speaking towards what you were saying about this country being so far behind in so many different ways, there is no doubt about that. If you look at the train system in Europe, a bullet train in Europe, and then you look at that, like here we have the Long Island Railroad. And it's like it's like it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and you have people arguing well who's gonna pay for that and who's going to you know it's not a matter if you really wanted a better society you'd be working towards a better society and this is why yeah. people in this holistic cbd cbg you know this entire world they come out we we all come off like a little bit hippie-ish and yeah. you know a little bit different but the truth of the matter is is that, you know, we actually care about sustaining the earth a little bit more than the average person. Yeah, and I would argue that we're more patriotic than those that uh, have flags in their windows all the time, I right? Think, yeah. Like, that that's the interesting thing, too, is that when we look at the variables and say who's invested, if, if we, you know, 
we're more invested in even in the nation, though we're maybe constantly being uh, categorized as those who are trying to not support the nation. Right. Yeah. Well, you're talking about also you have to talk about how we identify as well, because those people are just simply identifying with the plunderers. You know, they identify with right. the, they identify with the people from the um, from the um, Mayflower who jumped off and said, thank you for the turkeys, pulled out their muskets and shot the Indians in the belly. You know, that's who they yeah. that's who they're actually. And they, their whole process is, well, it worked out then. So it'll work out now. But there's a lot more. There's a lot. You had discussed earlier in the show something that had to do with minutia, and it caught my it caught my ear. It caught my attention. Whereas when you have to follow details and how people don't understand, you're not going to go from A to B to C to D. You know there are, there are a lot of different things in there that need to be explored and either exploited and those paths need to go down. And we're not in a we're not in a society of thinkers. You know, no, we're not. A, we're not even in a society of discussers. This is the most conversation. Yeah, we're not. We're not in a society. We're not in a society of playing, even thinking. Thinking is super critical and like important. And it's level five out of the levels, right? It's up there. But we're not even into play mode where we're just, you know. Yeah. We in, we in drone world. You, we in meta. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we not even. We zombied out, you know? Right, <laughs> We right. zombied out, bro. We're, we don't want the reality. The reality is too hard. The reality is too harsh, so it's now we're gonna go and you know, like you know, uh, my boy said, buy a four hundred, pay four hundred fifty dollars to buy a house next to Soup in the Metaverse. That's fucking crazy. Oh, I just seen that. That's fucking crazy. A boy said that's. I just seen that. It's crazy, you know. And in the meantime, you've got all these great things and these great plants and this beautiful earth out here that we all need to get out and explore a little bit more. And you can't explore because. It's everybody's at each other's. Well, I, you know, this might sound, brother John, this might sound like uh, <laughs> not <laughs> cool or whatever, uh, but right. I'm actually banking on them going to the metaverse so we can <laughs> get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm banking on them. I gotta give you a big round of applause for that one. <laughs> you know, to each his own. Let them, let them be happy. Be happy. If you're happy in the metaverse, You'll be able to be successful with those ladies that you can't be successful with in the real world. Women are actually yeah. very nice. I like to sometimes help the incels out and give them dating advice. And, like, the first thing, it starts with hello and just, like, having a normal conversation. I try to avoid things like talking about the way that their bodies are shaped right away. And, you know, because you're not, that's yeah. like advanced level stuff. That's advanced level. Right. Just stick to like, you know, the nice things about yourself and you'll find out that women have thought processes that are like incels too. And that's how people have always made it over the years. It's like mine. So, but that's my incel dating advice moment for the Tuesday talk show. But, um, I want to get yeah. back to some of the stuff. And I'll tell, I would say this, I would say this for a lot of the incel uh, guys is just go a little bit older. If you're in your twenties, you know, yeah, that is good advice. If, if you, 
But you find them in their 40s and they're a little bit more. <laughs> that is good advice because there's a lot of lonely women out there. Because we've, got a, we've had a whole generation here where people just really ran out and did whatever they wanted to do and didn't have. We were. This is like a rabbit hole right here. This is like a rabbit hole conversation right now. Because we were having this conversation yesterday, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stick my head in. I'm gonna stick my little rabbit paw down the hole for a second, because we were having this conversation, and um, we were talking about how the younger, how the older women now. Oh, Kim Kardashian was the thing, and they had that thing where Kim Kardashian was there, and she was talking about Kanye, and she said, "Well, I just got to the point. I knew I wanted a divorce because." I wanted someone to be around me all the time and I wanted someone to work out with me and, you know, and he's living in one city and I'm living in the, in the other city. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, well, the accommodation was good before because you could go out and you could do whatever you wanted to do while you were young and while you were hot and while you were super hot. Now you're getting up in age and you go into the rooms, you're still really pretty, but there's always a younger thing that's in the room because like, that's what I used to always say. There's always a new batch coming out every year. So you better like have something going on other than your looks. And now she wants to settle down. She wants somebody who's close to her. And unfortunately, it's not going to be a problem for Kim Kardashian because she's going to find someone. But the chick that watched the Kardashians and did everything like her and wanted to emulate her and everything who's also 40 years old and also going through those situations, she's going to be a little bit more lonely. So, you know, you're right. We can have this May-December thing going on and that might yeah. solve the loneliness problem in the United Man, you are a chemist. You really are. Cause like you put those two things together. You put twenty, <laughs> forty. And now we got It's a good mix. I I don't have any experience. <laughs> I don't have any experience. But I just know. You better say that. You better say that. From word of mouth that it's working for some gentlemen. You know? Right, 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 right. You don't know anything offhand, anything firsthand. Yeah, but, but no, know- I have a brother. I have a brother who is um, uh, living similarly to this Kim and Kanye situation, but they're together. They're not divorced or anything, but they don't live together. Okay, you know, and um, you know. He's always like, man, my productive, like his productivity and his plans. He's like, man, it's on point. Right. He said his relationship with her is so much better than when they were in that two-bedroom, one-bedroom. Hey, it works for him. It works for him. It does. You know, if it works yeah. for you, you have to you have to find a, a mate that you're vetted with, that you can, that, right. that whatever it is, you know, you don't have to necessarily, let everybody else have their opinions. You know, if Kim and Kanye was okay and they were doing their thing and they were happy, then there's no problem with that. But they weren't happy, so it just is what it is. And it's not like I really care, because I don't. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. 
Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, I'm just mentioning it because it just, like, it struck me in it, and that had struck up a conversation. I probably watched the Kardashians about uh, maybe three times in my entire life, and I wish I can get those right. three hours yeah. back. I really do, but I can't get those uh, three just, hours back. You, uh, let me guess. You watched that same, the same video twice? Um, no, nah, well, it was, <laughs> no, it was a situation where, you know, I, I'm a grandpa. I got daughter, you know, wife, um, granddaughter. And like, you uh, know, they were, they just wanted to, they wanted to torture pop up at, at a certain point. So it's just, I just okay. like, you know, I let it go. And it's the little one. She didn't really care, but she's like, where are you going, pop up? I thought, I no. thought you were talking about the episode with Ray J. That's why. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Anybody that sleeps on Kim, man, she took that tape and she billion. You know, yeah. not mad at her. If you're gonna do it, be proud. And that's a that's another problem that's wrong with a lot of people today. It's like, you know, when you make a mistake and everything, we've got the social media, you make a mistake, everybody goes and piles on you. Man, you make a mistake, just be like, hey, I did that shit. You know what I'm saying? And just like, yeah. you eat it. You eat it. But Well, that goes, that goes exactly into what we were discussing before we got on the airway uh, in the concept of, you know, what it, what Napoleon Hill said took to become a millionaire. Yeah. Right? Right. You know what I'm saying? And Robert Greene uh, alludes to this as well in his uh, book of mastery and the concept of 10,000 hours. And, um, I mean, we could probably go and name an, another thousand people as well that allude yes. to this. Is, you know, th- there's so much uh, growth in uh, comprehensive pain. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 Yeah. You have to take, you have to take lessons out of everything. Everything, everything, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to keep bringing up the Spanx lady over and over, but you know, I, and every time I probably mentioned that, that same thing that her father did, like probably like five separate times. And I loved that where he told her every week, go out, her and her brother, go out, join a club and fail at something. And then on Friday, we're going to have a conversation and we're going to see what it's about, but you have to fail. You have to fail in order to succeed. You can't lead. So it's right. it just is what it is. Or you can lead. I mean, I guess there are anomaly, anomalies for everything. But let's just say it's right. a rite of passage. So don't be afraid and don't like put a put a like pin in yourself just because of the fact that you don't make it the first time. You know. But yeah. this. But we are so much off one. This conversation has gone like our other conversation so far, where we start talking about one thing. And we just get off into into everything because you're such an engaging personality and everything. And I think that a lot of people are really going to like benefit from getting to know you a little bit better. But I kind of want to get back to the work that you're doing with okay. the um, sure. compounds and the Kratom. And we haven't talked about Kratom. A lot yeah. of people don't know about Kratom. What exactly is that? Or Yeah. Um, Mitagania spisosia uh, is like the Latin term or the term that's used clinically or whatever, but uh, Kratom, 
it's from Southeast Asia. Uh, I don't know if it's in Vietnam, but it's definitely in Indonesia and Thailand. And uh, I, I, it, might, it could potentially be in like Southern Vietnam as well. Um, but it's a plant that's kin to the coffee plant, believe it or not. Um, it, it's a tree. I mean, it's a, it's a tree. It has huge leaves on it. Um, and the farmers take these leaves, dry them, mill them, uh, sometimes to a very fine powder, sometimes to a more like a tea, like green tea type of, uh, uh, hookup. Okay. And you can chew it, you know, like you can chew the plant or you can just like steep it or just take it dry. Um, and there's the main thing that it's used for is that it, uh, targets your opiate receptors, right? Okay. So, um, it can help immensely with pain and without damaging your liver the same way as a Vicodin mm. or Tylenol. Right. So you have a, you have a shot of getting your hands on something that's, uh, relatively affordable, especially if you direct, you deal with like me who I, di- I directly get it from our farm in Indonesia and I try to sell it to people who have, um, actual ailments for a good price so they don't have to get hooked on Oxy. Mm. Um, and we also, we also have found out that if you take Kratom at a very low dose, so something like a gram, a half a gram, um, it can have immense, and I mean really immense, immense uh, energy boosting. Uh, uh, your cognition uh, is enhanced. Your creativity is enhanced. So we're at, we're also kind of getting close to this whole concept of nootropics or like brain enhancers for the moment. And uh, we kind of can use this to help those who claim to struggle with ADHD and Adderall addiction. Mm. Um, so at low doses, I'm finding, because I don't recommend, because I'm not a doctor, but, but you know, you I, just, I, I, I let people consider my point of saying, hey, instead of Adderall or Vyvanse or Concerta, take a low dose of this plant. And um, a lot of them are having success without withdrawal. The same thing uh, with um, Vicodins and Oxycontins. People are taking the Kratom at a little bit higher level, and they're, they're having a huge success without um, withdrawal. Or also, they're getting off of heroin with the Kratom. That's really, um, That's like huge for a country that's really um, opiate addicted and opiate um, dependent is really probably yeah. a better word. And um, a lot of times people are looking for a lot of times. A lot, it's funny that it actually helps to wean people off of heroin because a lot of times where people end up going on her- getting into heroin in the first place is because they're looking for something to substitute for that Oxycontin prescription that they right. become hooked on. You know, all it takes is a car accident. And, you know, the next right. thing you know, people's lives are turned upside down. So, yeah. And so what our whole goal is, and this gets back with the CBD, is um, CBD has tons of different things it does for the brain. And I'm not necessarily a neuroscientist or anything, so I don't want 
use jargon that I don't have great handles on, but um, we see that CBD helps mitigate or, uh, yeah, I guess mitigate, mitigate right. um, addiction. Okay. Um, so when we combine CBD with Kratom, the CBD forces the brain or uh, adjust, uh, works with the brain so it doesn't get addicted to the Kratom. Mm. So when people take it together, they, they're no longer scared to get off of heroin or oxy because the Kratom is going to hit the opiate receptors. And then if we, we supplement that Kratom with CBD, it then doesn't get them uh, addicted to the Kratom as well. And so they can go throughout their day without getting dope sick. And then they eventually can decrease their amount of Kratom and along with CBD continue to uh, fully get into sobriety if that's their choice. Well, here's a question you probably don't hear too much about Kratom. Um, what does a Kratom addiction look like? Um, Kratom addiction is, I mean, it can be analogous to any other addiction. You you know, there's some people who take it like maybe one gram every three hours or like two grams every three hours, two grams every two hours. And I haven't seen any of them slumped. They're just trying to do the same thing as like a cigarette smoker or something like that. And it's to feel normal. Right. Right. So they can begin to abuse it, which is a problem, like it's a significant problem, which is why we'd really like to suggest if people are taking it for the opiate-like effect instead of the energy-like effect, we really suggest that they take it along with CBD so they don't fall in love. Their brain doesn't fall in, in love, love with, with Kratom. But Kratom does give you, it does give you some type of a high added to oh, yeah, no, it can. And would yeah, you say, if you take a certain amount of grams, I mean, you're smashed. You're smashed, really? Yeah. So you, so it can't be. It can't <laughs> yeah. be no, no, I'm, no, I'm serious. So I'm listening because I, it's important yeah. because I like the fact that kratom. That's one of the great things that I like about kratom is that it can be used as an alternative to opiates if someone is on heroin and things of that nature because it is such a big problem here but the reason why i asked the second question is because it kind of like goes to the fact and leads to the fact that a lot there hasn't been a whole ton of research done on all these things across the board like you discussed pfizer pfizer isn't doing billion dollar studies on kratom yet are they no not that i know it's not something that it's not really to their benefit to do that though so why would no, that? it's not. It's not in their benefit to. It's not in their benefit to to use poppy poppy plant or like opium as a tea mix either. They always want to just extract the thing that makes you high and then put it in tablet form. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because in reality, they could administer um, the full plant you know what I'm saying, to people like the poppy seed or the opium plant, just like the coca plant, just like the um, kratom plant. And addiction would be lower for sure because when they take out and extract it, they're trying to make it so much more potent. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Yeah. So it, it could be it would if they wanted to make it into some type of Vicodin, they could extract it and do that. But um, for some reason, they haven't. And I believe it's just because they already have a good control over Afghanistan, or they did for so many years, and now China is making fentanyl. And so since China's making, China and the Mexicans are making so much fentanyl, um, the U.S. doesn't really see a need to um, do something synthetic with the Kratom. Right. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. So you're yeah. saying that because so you're saying that the war in Afghanistan has something to do with um pretty much wow. Yeah, well Afghanistan Afghanistan's where all the opium was, right? Right. So so essentially I mean and, and then before that we were talking about Vietnam because that's where the other amount of opium was. And that's why a lot of those guys were losing too, because they became opiate addicts while they're out there trying to fight the guerrillas. Mm. So, um, you know, yeah, Afghanistan, but what happened is China is slowly beating the rate of, uh, the opium that's grown in Afghanistan. So since China's beating that rate, you know what I'm saying? With fentanyl, they're like, all right, we're going to, you know, we can kind of buy less opium and buy more fentanyl. Mm. And, and, you know, this is also the reason why the um, Taliban was a bit of an issue with the United States is because they were against the, the trading of opium, right? right? So when, and they're, they weren't cool though. Like I'm not actually supporting them because they were actually aren't cool. Right. But that was one of the things that they were, they were against. And so kind of getting them out of there, like they tried to do in the early nineties, early two thousands, um, to, to it was get, paramount. Huh? It was paramount to their plans. Yeah, it's paramount. Yeah, it's industry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, when you break it when you break it down that way, it's like you're kind of um you're cutting a lot of the other conversations in half, probably then three quarters, because we all know that these wars that we have here are all based upon finance. And there's no possible way that we're having all those troops in Afghanistan and for all those years if it wasn't for money. The same thing yeah. with Iraq, the same thing with Libya and all these other places. But these are conversations that people don't want to have because, like, it's not um, it doesn't go with the old stupid. I identify with the Mayflower oppressors thing um, theme and thought process. It's just not. It's just not something that people want to understand and know. If you want to have a better planet, then you want to live in a better place. It's important for you to understand these things, but most people don't have the time for that. They're trying to get their Oculus on. And like you right. said, you know, listen, I hope everybody goes and goes out and gets in the metaverse. I own stock. I say it <laughs> all the time. I got in early. So it's like I'll wait a year, two years, whatever it takes, man. You know, you put your put your things on and everything. Enjoy your metaverse. Leave me out of it and everything. I'll feel bad about being out. Of, I'll be touching real people and like you know doing real things for as long. Yeah, as I can long. then ride my skateboard down the middle of Michigan Ave in Chicago if everyone's in the metaverse. I've been trying to do that since I was thirteen. You know, <laughs> it's like that. There was a movie I I saw the other day with uh, Bruce Willis where they had those uh, where they had the uh, 
synthetic people and you were everyone was plugged in at home and everything and it was sick and when it was made the movie was not even close to popular but as I as I watched it the other day it came on and I was like wow this is actually a possibility that this could actually happen one day and that is the most crazy part but in the meantime we're going to be doing real life things like working on um, getting better Delta 8 products out there you know, now you said you did mention we you did mention that you did get into the world of Delta Eight at one point. You know, correct? Yeah. You were there, and yeah. You still are. You made a great product. I know Thanks. that for a fact. You did. Thanks. If you need some more too, I can send you some. I have a lot. Um, yeah, I was one of I, I was one of the first people to blend different cannabinoids such as Delta Eight, Delta Ten, and uh, O. Oh, into one gram cartridge with real life terpenes, um, and it seems as if it w- it's been a smash in terms of reviews on quality for sure. It definitely is, and you know it's funny you should say that. I forgot my friend who I actually let uh, try that out. He actually had hit me up last week, and he was like, "Yo, I want more. Tell your homie I need some more of those and everything." But I don't know if I'm going to put that on the broadcast. But, um, yeah, the initial, know. what's interesting is the initial concept of the whole term Bizier, Um we were doing a Delta 8 seltzer first. Oh, okay. So okay. Fizzy Delta 8. Oh, all right. right? Now, and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you did something with it, the process, because usually, like, you know, with those, you get those headaches in it. What'd you, what did you do with that, that you made it, like, so smooth? Like, with the uh, Oh, one? yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're saying the name or the product? No, I'm talking about the product. Get about the name. I like the name. The name is dope, you know? Yeah. Well, what was super important was the terpene. So most of the time, most of the time, like, when people smoke vapes, they're smoking, like, uh, synthetic terpenes or terpenes from different plants, right? So it might be like, oh, this is, you know, bubble kush, and then you have, like, some mango freaking like terpene that was extracted or made in some lab. Well, there's nothing wrong with the lab, but like quote unquote lab, like in the negative sense. But what we did is we actually extracted the real terpenes from the mother plant. Right. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. And that cost a lot more in our production, but we we're going for quality. So we extracted the real live terpenes from the mother plant but we were able to keep the THC out of it. And oh. so when people pull it, 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 it gives them that same vibe as if they were dealing with, you know, Mama Mary. Oh, wow. That's great, man. So you, yeah. you were working, you were like ahead of the curve, even with that, even with your recreational stuff there, you know? Yeah, we were first. We were first. Like, no one, no, we were first, I mean, straight up. Yeah. Yeah, and you're yeah. involved in you're involved in cacao. You're involved in a coffee, you know. Yeah, most importantly, I'm be I'll be in Mexico tomorrow. Yeah, you're headed down there. Yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to try some of your coffee. You know, I don't drink coffee, but I know what a good cu- cup of coffee tastes like. So I definitely will be yeah. trying some. You know. But yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, what would be so ideal for me is to get someone to roast you our coffee beans, and then you taste it that day. Right. So Oof. that's the big thing with coffee is most 
you know, coffee has tons of antioxidants in it, but after it's roasted, it has about two weeks of antioxidant decay. So um, most coffee that people drink is dead, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was roasted maybe three, four years ago, and it's just been sitting on a bag in the shelf. Right. So when we come with the specialty coffee, we're, we're rocking with roasters that are roasting almost on demand to the customer's request. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when, when, when uh, a coffee shop or uh, someone asks for a cup of coffee, those coffee beans are likely at max 72 hours old. Mm. That, those are the people that I sell my coffee beans to. Right. And you sell yeah. a lot of, and you do sell a lot of coffee beans. You do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're we're having a nice relationship with one of the biggest teams in the Midwest right now, and we just got a request out of a great group in Texas. So we're hoping, you know, what's most important about this, and the whole one of the big concepts of green aura from the trader and from the hemp is we go visit the farmers and we try to make a good fair deal with the farmers. Mm. You know what I'm right. saying? That's so important. yeah, it's super important because um like if the dollar ever weakens and the peso gets stronger and they go, nah, you did us bold for forever, <laughs> we're gonna be all having caffeine. We're gonna be having caffeine withdrawal. So uh, I'm trying to, you know, help <laughs> Right. That's help that, that's the understanding of ethics that um people don't they don't get to experience unless something bad happens. But it's a very yeah. strong possibility in reality that like, oh, you yeah. know, this is not you're not dealing in a meta world, you're dealing in a real world when you go and you when you fly down to Mexico and you take your burrow out there and you know i'm just joking and um and you're pressing the flesh in person you're actually yeah. doing that at that point do you find that being a black entrepreneur do you think that helps you or it hinders you when you're dealing with mexico when you're dealing with your farmers uh dealing with mexico it helps it helps um because yeah because they know who they fought against oh oof <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They know where their struggle is and who it's against. And um, they also know who they took in. We often talk about the Great Migration North and don't mention the Great Migration that happened headed south and how they protected us um, and, 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 and put us in. We got in rank with them after slavery or during those, slave, those uh, you know, slave times. So. Going down there, I mean, I've seen, like, I've actually witnessed, like, us African-American dudes from Philly out in Mexico City, like, Philly dudes, you know what I'm saying, that just know a little bit of Spanish. The policia coming up and being like, yo, y'all are, you know, breaking a rule or something, you know, something kind of petty, right? Right. They're just trying to, you know, and he'd be like, bro, go deal with gringo. Me and you are hermanos. And they'd be like, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's one. It's it's one good advantage that you might have that you could put out, and I'm sure it, it's like the just like any good businessman, you know where your positives are and where your negatives are, and I'm sure that allows you to not have to worry about those relationships as much and focus more upon um, how to get around negative things. Yeah, 
Yeah. The hard part really in all of my business has been dealing with my own countrymen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Actually, everything, everything that's on the other side of, you know, of the operation in terms of sourcing and whether it's an Indonesian, African, Mexican, Hondurian, whatever it is, like, it's always been super smooth and far respectful. And they always say, like, we don't really do business with Americans that much, but because they're not very honest. But for my end, the racism and prejudice has been when I come with these products to the States, there's tons of skepticism or feeling or, you know what I'm saying? I, I deal with more of the issues on this end than over there. Right, because they want to they know where you're, how you're even getting there and getting into that position. But you know what, Khalil? Man, sour is flown. We're pretty much done. We're oh, are we? Yeah, we're, we're just about at that point where, you know, um, we say where we say goodbye to our guests and everything, but you've been extremely helpful and we definitely want to have you back on Born in Trouble. Um, we're gonna, we're definitely going to be talking again on the Doing Delta podcast when that actually launches. Yeah, absolutely. You know, speaking more about uh, cannabis and Kratom and THC and, and CBD and CBG and Delta 8, Delta 7, Delta 10, all that stuff that's out there. <laughs> it's all, yeah, it's there's so many. There's so many different things, right? It's all good. Yeah. And, um, but you're but you're an inspiration to a lot of people. You know, I've, I'm impressed by you, brother, so I'm going to give you a round of applause. Hey, I, always thank give you. My, I always give my young brothers, you know, y'all like to say your flowers these days. That's the terminology that they use, the flowers. But I always give y'all your respect because it's not easy. And, you know, you keep your, you're keeping your mind, thoughts, and to your focus and everything to, to kind of like block out everybody else who, who really just wants you to be one thing. And whatever that thing is, it's not what you are. And everything. So yeah, and I hope other people listen to this conversation. They draw inspiration from what you're doing, Khalil. You know, Green Aura. Yeah, I appreciate it. What is Green Aura? What is Green Aura exactly? Yeah. So I mean, there's two answers to what Green Aura is, but I'll give you the first one and how it operates currently. Green Aura at the moment is um, a service for customers to be able to get botanicals such as kratom, hemp, green tea, um, and also coffee and cacao. But it's a service where the customer here in the United States or in Canada can get bulk amount of products for their home or or restaurant or their business for a cheaper price than having to go to Whole Foods and far higher quality than going to Gordon Food Services, Yeah. right? Like, I want curry and cumin to be in everybody's food. So our goal is working directly with the farmer so they have good prices, great quality, and getting that medicine into as many people's blood as possible. Mm. That's all that green ore really is. And then um, I guess the next thing is, like, speaking about, this whole concept of sharing, you know what I mean? It's an open source company where like, if you need knowledge, if you need product and you're, you're ill and you don't have finances, um, we'll, you know, inshallah, 
when we have a little bit more capital. But even today, like out of the own company budget, if we find someone has like cancer or anything that we could help help them, we just send the pot up to you. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. So, and with that philosophy and with it, and that just kind of wraps it up because like it just shows that you're in it, not just for the reasons, you're in it for the right reasons. So I'd like to thank you, Khalil, for even showing up today. I know you have a lot of packing to do. We spoke earlier in the day. You're going to be gone for a little while, and, you know, I wish you the best. Two weeks and one backpack. Two weeks and one backpack. There you go. Enjoy. Fresh air. So maybe I can come up. Maybe um, you could take some pictures and everything and sell it to Facebook for uh, their meta app so that way they can get the idea of your travels and your journeys and they don't have to actually go out there and get in your way. Khalil. Hey, much appreciation, dude. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I will be doing, so I, I, I got like a video, a free video editing software on the computer and I use free operating software on the computer. I use everything that's free, but I'm saying all that to say, um, we will be producing content. Yes. Yes. We will be producing content because we know people want to know where their food is coming from in this age. Yeah. So we're going to get that. And then I also want to say, um, like I've been an interviewer just one time before, and I know it can be hard sometimes to like find points of discussion with people. And I think you did really good. Oh, it was you, clearly a talent that you have. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, because anticipating is, you know, it's not easy. Yeah, well, for some people. But I enjoy having these conversations, and especially since I get to pick my guests, and I'm always picking these interesting people like yourself. You know, you're an interesting guy, and I hope that the rest of the world picks up on you, and for the next couple of decades, you can be better Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, we're going to paint... We're gonna paint and play jazz through this whole country, man. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Bastiat portraits and Coltrane quartet. That's there you all go. Do. There you go. And born in trouble, <laughs> yes, our first Tuesday talk of the year. Khalil, what's your last name, Khalil? I don't even have one. That's great, Khalil. <laughs> that brother that's in your neighborhood named Khalil. That's who you're talking to right now. Born in Trouble, first yeah. Tuesday talk of 2022. See y'all next week for, on uh, Friday for our normal uh, posting. And thanks a lot for joining us. I'm going to play this out because I always play out Tuesday talks. It's got to be. It's yeah, got to be the, you know, you got to, you know, ah, born, born in Trouble. in Trouble. Peace. Hey. That's why I ain't giving my last name because I was born in trouble. So I just. About the same as these others, just counting change. Peace. Hey, that's what's up. Hey, man. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. 
Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.